Bless you. How y'all doing? We're going to read the text, but first I just want to give honor to the Lord and, man, thank God for a wonderful time at Church in the Park last week, man. Give the Lord a hand praise for that. Phenomenal. Had a good, good time. I think uh, the Falcons, right? They won the three-on-three, led by DJ. He up there. You know, hopefully it rub off on another team named the Falcons in this city. But I really, you know, I'm a Dallas fan. Ain't that right, Trent? Yes. All right. Cowboys, go. Already done lost half the audience, but that's all right. But, you know, I, I thank God. Also, it was wonderful. I want to shout out and let's continue to pray for our um, Hello World workers doing an amazing job. And I say that because our sister back there, she won the, the contest. But those young kids are learning some profound truth downstairs. And I know the parents are teaching it, but when you got that combination of a church that really doesn't just allow them to go down there, eat crackers, and throw stuff at each other, which I'm sure they do, they're learning something. So it's a beautiful thing. I am also just want to mention before we read the text, man, I'm honored to be before you. Uh, I thank God for our elders. I'm not an elder here, but the elders have entrusted me with the opportunity to share. So I come with their authority preaching the word and it's a beautiful thing for them to entrust a broken vessel crack pot like myself but prayerfully the Lord and we know not only prayerfully but we know the Lord uses broken vessels and crack pots and as Pastor C prayed for me uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling the strength of the Lord although I feel weak I feel God's strength can flow and that his word would not return void today so I pray that the hearts would be open to receive God's truth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're still in this amazing series in Ephesians, a powerful, powerful book. And we're in Ephesians chapter 3, and it's a prayer today. It is a prayer. Um, and it's seven verses of prayer that Paul is praying. He's already poured himself out with teaching and communicating truth in this text. So... Just want to dive in. It's, I don't think I'll be long today. Uh, just want to allow the Lord to do his thing. So we will read the text. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 through 21. And the word of God reads. For this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray for some help. Father, we thank you for this amazing text. We thank you for the prayer. 
We thank you, Lord God, that this prayer, just as Paul penned it and prayed it as he penned it, it is as potent and powerful in your word and off of our lips to one another as it was that day. Because you're still at work and your spirit is as potent and you are still doing your thing through us. So I thank you, Lord God, and I pray that this word would be an addition to our faith and help strengthen us to carry on in the mission that you've called us to as a body of believers. In your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Man, just real talk, man. It is amazing that we are believers today, that we are here. We're the product of prayer. We're the product of someone's labor. It's real talk. You know, it's a, a, a song, and I was going to get Evan. He, he done stepped up away from the keyboard. But I was going to get him to uh, sing it for us. No, I wasn't Evan. No, no, don't get me to sing. Come on. Man. But it's a song, and it's an old song. I think her name is Dorothy Norwood, the Georgia Mass Choir. But it's a song, and I just read it. I won't sing it. Now, whoever said that, I'll allow you to come on up and sing. No. But it's, it, it's, it's just a simple song. And it just says this, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind. They took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. My mother prayed for me, had me on her mind. She took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad she prayed. I'm so glad she prayed for me. The preacher prayed for me had me on his mind. He took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad he prayed. I'm so glad he prayed. That's real talk, man. When we weren't thinking of the Lord, someone was praying for us. Big mama, y'all know big mama prayed. You know, I know today we, we say no more big mama's praying, but they still praying. They may be a little younger and they may go to the club with mama, but they still pray. <laughs> But prayer is a powerful thing. It's just not a little something, something to do when all hope is lost. Prayer is powerful. And this is what Paul is doing. He's praying. You know, Ephesians is a beautiful book because Paul has labored and it shows a beautiful picture of what God has done. It's a word and it's the only big word we're going to have today. It's called providence. And providence is God's caring provision for his people as he guides them in their journey of faith through life, accomplishing his purposes. God is at work guiding us. God, even before we even thought of him, before the foundations of the world, it tells us in Ephesians 1 that God was making a way for us by sending his son. God was providing for us when we were out in the world not knowing what to do. There was going to be a collision course and it wasn't going to be with death. It was going to be with God. And that's where you see the but God. We see God's providence. We also see God and Paul lays out because he's executed, man. He's, God is flowing through him, giving, giving the Ephesian church all that he has. In fact, he says in Acts 20 and 27, he said, I didn't draw back from giving you the whole plan, the whole purpose of God. This is a concise picture of what God does through the believer. Like I told you when I preached last time, it is what God has done to us. We get to see it. 
We see it from the standpoint of our position before God when we were dead and our trespasses and sins and God made a way to draw us near to him when we had beef with God. God could have executed judgment, but he chose to show us love and draw us near. This is God. Then it shows God's power towards him, us. In Ephesians 1.19, it talks about the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Drawing us near to himself, transforming our hearts and our minds so that when Ephesians 1.14, when we heard the gospel of our salvation, somehow our ears were open to receive. This is miraculous. This is God's providence. But even in God's providence, he uses people. He uses people in his providence. That's where we get the human element of providence. This is where you see Paul. And Paul is like most parents, you know, you give everything to your children, especially pertaining to the Christian faith, because we know that it's an onslaught of culture out there and different ideologies and different ideas. And we only got a window of time before we can pour all into them. And after we pour everything into them, like I talked to my dear sister today, it's like after you do all that, now I have to entrust them to him who is faithful, him or her. I got to. And so what Paul does here, just like parents have to do, you pray, you bow your knees. Paul said, I didn't gave you the whole counsel of God. I done provided everything I could for you. And I'll talk some more, but it's more about the practical parts, but you have to receive this. And in order to receive it, I know it's beyond you. It's beyond me. I know I articulated well. I know I spoke doctrine. I spoke truth. I killed it. But that ain't going to get through. Only the power of God is going to help you to cultivate what I've taught you. And that's where we at as parents. And so we see here a prayer. And like I said, we just going to walk through this prayer. It's a powerful prayer because prayers in the Bible are so powerful. And I know God hears our prayer and we know the Holy Spirit, although we don't pray with the right articulation and all that, he makes intercession and he'll make the words right before God. But it's a powerful thing to just pray the prayers that we see in the Bible. The first scripture that I ever learned and memorized was a prayer. When I was in a situation where the prayer wasn't just to memorize, it was a cry out to God. Have mercy upon me, O God, the prayer of David in Psalm 51. But here's another powerful prayer. And you see here in Paul, in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Ephesians, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father. What reason? We're not going to go deep off into it, but the reason is, is that he has already laid out everything. The reason is, is that God used Paul in a mighty way. You know, sometimes Paul was amazed at what was coming out of him. You remember that in Romans, right, where he said, oh, the wisdom and the, and the, the wisdom and the word of God that just flowed through him after he got done. And he says, for this reason, all of this revelation, all of this truth, all of these things that I've shared for this reason, all I can do is bow my knee, thank God for it and then pray for you. He says, from every, he says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He says, I'm going to kneel and I'm going to talk to you, Father, because you're the Father and you're the one who has the provision for your children. It's like, God, I know that you have something for your children. And what does he have? He says, I pray in the 16th verse. 
that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the spirit. Paul says, I want to pray that God the Father, according to his riches, now the wording here is amazing because it's not just that God has riches and he's going to dump some off to you. God, in according to his riches, see some people store up riches for themselves and they may give a little bit here and there. God's riches are stored up for his people, for his children. And so his riches, when he gives them up, it's in accord to the riches of his glory, the unlimited supply. Now, Paul says that I want you to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the spirit. This is so important, y'all. There are two things going on here. There are two prayers that we see. So the first prayer is in chapter one. And they complement each other. The first prayer is a prayer for enlightenment. The second prayer is a prayer for enablement. Christianity is about truth. It's about doctrine. It's about words. But it's no less than about power. See, if you, get, you just get truth and words without the power, you just got a big head on a stick. A loveless big head, a big head on a stick that can know the truth, but don't live the truth. Paul is saying here, no, I want to pray that you have strength within your inner man, the core of your being. Because the reality of Christianity is that we've learned a lot of truth and there's no short of truth. You can Google truth, but we need power. There's a form of godliness, but there's a denial of the power of God that enables us to live out the truth we know. That's because we're in a culture, in an onslaught, we're swallowed in. J.D. Phillips had a, a, a book that talks about do not be conformed to the image of this world. Do not be shaped into the mold of the world. But more and more we see the pressure to be molded into the ways of the world where we don't look distinctive from the world. And the reality is there's a desire in us. We just lack the power. We lack the inner strength, the inner fortitude. John Stott said it like this. It's a book I commend to you called um, The Cross of Christ. And he talks about the power. He talks a little bit about the power. I'll read that in a minute. He says, strengthen with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, and the depth of God's love. Paul not only says he wants you to have power to be strengthened in your inner man, but he also wants you to have power to comprehend the love of God with all the saints. You know, when I grew up, we, uh, we had to take a test when you go to this certain school and we went to this certain school and they had tests and they had a test called reading comprehension. They want to know how well you could comprehend reading. And it would determine where they placed you in this school. And it was crazy because the test 
was so socially and culturally biased. It wasn't the fact that you couldn't read it. It was the fact that it seemed so strange. It talked about things that were totally foreign to my mind. So what happened was because they felt like you couldn't comprehend what you were reading, they put you in the portables. The portables was a little, little thing on the outside. The school was over here, but the portables was over there. Somebody didn't know about them portables. Now we had fun in the portables, but it just wasn't cool. Because he got talked about in the portables, but everybody in the portables could fight. They could throw them hands. But why am I saying this? Because it says here that God, Paul is praying that you be rooted and firmly established in love and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, and the depth of God's love. See, comprehension is important. But comprehension is, is, is subtly about the mind. See, this is the beauty of Christianity. Though we all have different reading comprehension levels, God doesn't look at us like, okay, somebody for the portables and somebody for the mansion. The comprehension of God is given by his spirit. See, it's amazing that you can have somebody before you, and this is no boast, who didn't, who probably, who didn't, who got a GED, never went to a seminary, but yet God, through his spirit, not through rigorous study, but through his spirit can understand truth. And this is what God says, that he gives us all the ability to comprehend, not just theological truth, but the love of God, which does what? surpasses knowledge he says and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God come on with it with that yeah Tara I see you back there with it bring it on because it's getting sweaty it's hot <laughs> thank you yeah there we go y'all gonna see you gotta have to preach y'all up here sweating like this nobody let him sweat let him sweat Sweating for the Lord. So listen, John Stott says this, we shall have power to comprehend these dimensions of Christ's love. Paul adds, only with all the saints. The isolated Christian can indeed know something of the love of Jesus, but his grasp of it is bound to be limited by his limited experience. It needs to be the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. All the saints together, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, young and old, black and white, with all their varied background and experience. Yet, even then, although we may comprehend its dimensions to some extent with our minds, we cannot know it in our own experience it is too broad long deep and high even for all the saints together to grasp it surpasses knowledge Paul has already used this surpassing word of God's power and grace now he uses it of his love Christ's love is an unknowable as his riches are unsearchable why is Christ's love important to comprehend because really the issue is number one, strengthen the inner man, but it's also the love. How much do we comprehend the love? Paul says, it's the love of Christ that constrains me. See, come on, let's keep it real. When it come time to choose between doing what I know is not right and choosing to do the thing that I know Christ would be pleased with, it boils down to how much do I love him? How much is the Lord sanctified in my heart? How much has he dwelt in my heart? Because it says here in our text, 
It says, he says that you may be firmly established with all the saints to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. But before that, he says he wants Christ to dwell in your hearts through faith. See, to have Christ dwell in our hearts is an amazing thing. We already know that the love of God, once you become a Christian, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. But when Christ dwells in our hearts, see, it's like when Christ went to the temple and the money changes. See, it's a lot in that heart. It's a lot in our hearts. But when Christ dwell, he ain't just sitting back. He in there with rips and cords in our heart. Other things have to go. See, back in our day when you was in the house, and my brother, I hate all these fighting analogies. Lord has delivered me from that, and plus, I'm old now. But, but, but we used, me and my brothers used to say, hey, some furniture finna move. That means that we ain't finna start no moving company. That means somebody, this house ain't big enough for the two of us. And that's what Christ says in our hearts. He says, this heart ain't big enough for me and this stuff you got going on. I'm in here to dwell. I'm not in here just to be a part of the team of your heart and all the mess going on. I'm here to cleanse it out. And that's why he says Christ may dwell. This is the prayer that he may dwell in your heart through faith. Firmly established in love. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. This love is not a love that we might love Christ more, though. It's for us to understand Christ's love for us. D.A. Carson says this, it's not a prayer that we might love Christ more, although we should. Rather, Paul is praying that we might better grasp Christ's immense love for us. The measurements that Paul gives emphasize the immensity of Christ's love. You can go left or right, forward or backward, or up or down, or as far as you can, and you still haven't explored all that there is to know of Christ's great love. And I believe when it talks about these dimensions, it don't matter how far up you are, Christ's love is so powerful. And yes, sometimes we talk about the down and out, but there's the up and out too. See, I don't care who you are. What's the dude name on Amazon? He needs Christ's love so he can give some of these billions and spread it out to the church and get his heart right. But then I don't care how low you are, how down you are. The love of Christ extends so low to wherever you are. It goes, it has a far reach, Christ's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Only one was filled with the Spirit without measure. But every believer, God is called to be full, filled with the fullness of God, to be full of God. Man, I hate riding with an empty tank, with a half a tank. You know, when you full of God, you know how Thanksgiving, when you full and you done ate good, you don't think about going to church's chicken. You don't think about going to do you. It don't even cross your, if you do, my Lord, we, we got to help you. We got to cast that out. <laughs> but seriously, when you eat to the fall of that good food, it's crazy to think about anything else. That's the same thing with Christ, man. When we fall off the Lord Jesus, it's hard to think about trying to get full off something else. 
But the problem and the reality is we have to fill up daily because God only gives provision for the day. Why? Because it ain't just about God filling you and you go on. He wants relationship. So in the midst of the relationship, I'll fill you up. In the midst of you communing with me, I'll fill you up. In the midst of you in my word, I'll fill you up. That's what Christ does. Finally, he wants us to be full. But verse 20 and 21 Paul closes his prayer and he says, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Remember, Paul here is praying after he's given everything. But you know, sometimes we think, well, the last resort is just, I'll pray. And hopefully, this is not the kind of prayer Paul is talking about. He's saying that, look, if all of this happens, if all of this, if God strengthens you in your inner man, if God give, give, allows you to comprehend his love, if you stay full on God, God is able to do above and beyond what we even ask or think. We as Christians are not just here to survive. We're here on mission. God has called us to be full. God has called us to comprehend. God has called us to have power in our inner being, not just so we can stand against the onslaught of the culture, so that we can be the new big mamas of the day, who after we've done all we could do, we pray, not just as a last resort, but as icing on top of all the labor that we've communicated, all of the, the things that we have done in the name of Jesus. He says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works not outside of us, but in us. My God, thank you for a Lord, a God who gives power to broken vessels like ourselves. And the reality is, is that we talk about it all the time. There's a plug of power. There's an access, but sometimes we don't access it. Once you become a Christian, the Bible says, do not let sin reign. Before, you couldn't help but sin to reign. Now there's power not to let it. Before, we were limited by our own human frailty by our own imperfections but with the power of God even our perfections are powerfully at work in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation he says to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. Amen. Let me read this and then we'll pray. When the Holy Spirit, y'all, has empowered us, Christ has indwelt us, love has mastered us, and God has filled us with his own fullness, then he is able, y'all, to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or, or think. Until those conditions are met, God's working in us is limited. God's working in us is limited.
and we do one or two things, church. We accept those limitations. Or we accept a life that does not reflect Jesus, called hypocrisy. And we become content with that. But it's time for us to rise up and allow God to work in us powerfully. It's time for us to allow God to fill us with all his fullness. See, the reality is, is that though the power of God is powerful, there is in us an ability to block him, to keep him at bay, to keep him at a distance. And I don't know how that dynamic works and he'll do all that he does. He'll break a hip if he have to. But yet and still, we, our heart can be so hard towards the Lord and what he wants to do that we can keep him at a distance. But when we comprehend his love, see one thing about when you comprehend his great love and when we're not deceived by these false ideas of love of the world, when we comprehend his great love, we welcome him in. Stand to your feet. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.